Welcome back, Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw. If you missed hour one of the program, we had Harmon Dial join us, talk about some scenarios that could play out for the Canucks at 11th overall and what they need to do if they are going to move some of their cap commitments out the door. Plus, do you take best player available or do you go for the position of need in the draft? You can check that out. Hour one, Canucks Central on podcast and your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe, leave a review. That way, you never miss an edition of the the show so um we're gonna get into the stanley cup playoffs here with yannick hansen but uh last night things got a little out of control mm. between the vegas golden knights and edmonton oilers set just a little bit personally i loved it yeah you know just loved like you know the type of passion and aggression and you know that's uh, well, good intensity. Like, otherwise there hasn't really been a lot of that in no. most of these second round games a lot of blowouts even that yeah. game it wasn't like it was at least, yeah, at least it was it was worth sticking to the end of yeah you know I, I kept going back to the lakers watching them lose and go back to watching that game so i was um Jaded pay- lakers fan. well you know it was a good game but nonetheless but the petrangelo play i'm really curious to hear what yannick feels about it mm-hmm because like it's a chop, yeah. but is it like is it deemed the type of you know slash that normally leads to a big suspension? Yeah. Is it more of a slap on the wrist type of a you know? Because I've seen different opinions on it. It seems like he's getting suspended. Yeah, I'm just not sure it's going to be more than a game. I find it um, interesting that it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, right. Uh, so the NHL announced today that there is going to be a hearing for Alex Pietrangelo, but there was not any sort of suspension announcement for the player. That is likely to come tomorrow at this point. And I wasn't one of those people that got duped by the fake Twitter account. So if you were, just know there hasn't been anything announced just yet. And I have some thoughts on fake Twitter accounts. But anyways, <laughs> nonetheless. Nonetheless, that's uh, that's not happening right now. We're going to see it tomorrow with Pietrangelo and... You know, I think with that series, as long as Edmonton plays well at five on five, Vegas is second best. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Edmonton's the best team available left. Yeah, you know, and the question is, wh- where what level can McDavid be at with his injury? Looked a lot better, you know, last yeah. night. Obviously, there's no team that can stick with them when they're going because yeah. they have the best players and their defense moves the puck well too. And all of a sudden they got, they got something, they got depth as well. I mean, they got three lines that are good and their fourth line solid. You give them two power plays, they're getting a goal. Yeah. Oh, it's happening. I mean, they're scoring yeah. what 40% of their power plays since it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, as long as they're getting those power plays, then it starts to be a question mark. But I, I the way they've played in the series and the two wins, they look so far and away, the better team. It's just when they're on, they're going to win. And I don't think there's too much Vegas can do about it to stop them. And I think that's part of the reason Vegas has gotten somewhat undisciplined is because they know they're a little bit second best when Edmonton is really going at them. Stan Richo and Satyar Shaw. We'll get more into that with our next guest. It is Yannick Hansen here on Canuck Central. He joins us weekly, and this analyst is brought to you by the Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you thanks for this yannick how are you yeah my pleasure how are you uh we're we're, we're doing well um kind of interesting how this the second round of the playoffs has started to to play out outside of the leaf series like there's been a lot of blowouts um you have a theory as to why that can happen in playoff games where you know just one team has it and one another one doesn't is it is it an adjustments thing uh, how, how would that play out in your eyes 
I, I don't know. It was one of the things that kind of stood out as a little bit mind-boggling because it's, it's almost uh, game to game. It's not like one team win two or three games and then the other team comes back from that. It's win one, lose one, win one, lose like Like the Carolina game series have been one big blowout after another. Um, and it's like, yeah, it, it's playoff. You think these teams would be, would be closer. You think the game would be... Uh, scoring chances would be harder to come by, but, but it's not. Um, so I, I, I don't know what it is. It has me a little flabbergasted as well because you sit and watch these and you're hoping for some some tight checking, uh, close games, some overtimes, and turn on the TV and it's 5 nothing halfway through the game. Um, so, yeah, it, it's um, I don't know as to why that is. Um, maybe it's more in lines of, of the regular season, higher scoring games, harder to... Uh, to pin down offenses, if you will. Um, but again, you would think that uh, it being second round now, it, it's the better teams that are left, good defensive teams as well. Yeah, there's a lot of offense left in this, in, in the playoffs, but, but still, um, the way that teams are able to score almost at will is uh, a, little, a little surprising to say the least. Maybe it does finally show, because we've been talking so much about how the playoffs are different than the regular season, and they still are, but... Will that kind of change eventually? Will will we get to a point where that's not going to be the case anymore? And it seems like we're getting closer and closer to that, doesn't it? Uh, you hope so. Um, you'd like it to get a little bit more of a nerve, um, a little more intensity, especially lately. Yeah, you you saw the the Vegas and Edmonton. It had some uh, some bite to it at the end, uh, some frustration and stuff like that, and obviously some some repercussions we, we're seeing now. Um, but but that's more in line of of what I'm expecting when I when I think playoff. Um, then again, you you'd like the tight games as well on top. Then I know that doesn't happen that way at the end of games. But um, it, right now, it it doesn't really have a, a playoff feel to it. That you can hope once we get past here, game four and game five, that that will happen. Uh, and then going into the conference finals. Um, so far, the, the the playoff is is maybe. Uh, lacking a little bit in terms of that feel uh, in my opinion but again it's everybody eats their own you know that uh, you, you mentioned the Edmonton and Vegas series we've had a couple of games now end with uh, I guess uh, circus-like atmosphere and uh, is that part of it like when there's blowouts is that can the emotions get a little bit higher and you're saying we got to try and if you're the the losing team on the losing end you're you're trying to find a way to to stop the momentum so that you can start anew for the next game yeah except Darnell Nurse was on the winning end last last night and and then goes in and then gets himself suspended um it's one of those things where when the game is out of hand both ways it's a lot easier to settle a score uh, and obviously you'd seen Nurse, uh, Haig, and, and Kane, and these guys go at it for yeah three or four games now, and then an opportunity arose. That's where you got to be a little bit smarter. I'm sure at that point, if Nurse skates up to Haig and say, hey, let's do it now, he'll oblige. Because uh, like I said, Edmonton is winning, and Vegas is loving an opportunity to take a look at somebody. Um, but again, he jumps in, um, gets the instigator, and now you suspend it. That's where you got to be a little bit smarter about it. Um, but there's no question, one game skid out of hand. These guys have been playing uh, three, almost four games against each other at that point. There, there's a lot of animosity. 
hate starting to build up and and you like your opportunity to to let some of that go and, and then start fresh in game five if you will and when you look at that slash by alex petrangelo to you what what type of punishment should that get i don't think it's hard enough it comes from over his head it hits him right on the wrist i get it it looks disgusting the way he does it um but but I, I don't know how much force he comes down with. It looks very bad, um, but but like I said, it, it's uh, give him a fine. In my opinion, the, the, the tough one right now is that Nurse is already suspended. If you don't suspend Peter Angelo for that one, um, so I, I'm I'm expecting probably uh, uh, and even Steven there, Peter Angelo gets one, and, and Nurse got his already, and then they'll wash their hands without the league. But if it was the lone example, uh, I, I don't know if it uh, if it warrant a suspension. Did you know like how much you, you could get away with when you wanted to give a guy a little bit of a whack? Uh, there's always there's a fine line. Like that one, because it comes from over overhead and it, it's so blatant. Like instead, you, you take a, a whack from hip high and then you fire it on the back of a calf. That, that that can hurt a lot more um, because then you can't it doesn't come in the same axe way um, so there's no no way you're getting suspended for those ones where you can really get your licks in um, and, and especially late in games where this one like everybody saw it and you're cringing right away because he's such a big part of their team and you're like this might lead to something where you're not playing game five um, so, so again you, you got to be smart with, with how you do it uh, and where you do it as well, um, it, it's easier to, like back in the day, it was easier to throw a hit that was a little bit questionable because there was one hardly ever got suspended. Um, where, where now it, it's like you've you got to be so careful uh, uh, with, with, with everything that you do. Do you think uh, Edmonton has enough this year to go all the way? Uh, I said at the beginning, if they get goaltending, they then, then they can win. Um, they they have a, they can score three or four goals every night, and that's what you need. If they can find a way to lock teams down, not give up uh, too many goals, that they they have the offense to, to do it. Uh, it seems like almost impossible to shut down McDavid and Drysaddle. It has been done to some extent, one game here, um, but but on a consistent basis, it, it looks like an uh, almost impossible task. And if you have these game breakers that just doesn't take nights off um then then you can't beat them like i said the the, the goaltending uh will, will be the question and have been the question for edmonton for so long um it seemed like skinner has uh provided some relief there uh, he's still very young um so, so you're still a little bit on the fence on whether or not he, he can keep this up for another uh, 10 12 games if that's what needed maybe even more um but but the way he's playing at certain times, it, it definitely gives you some uh, some hope that, that that they finally have what it takes. Because there's no question, not being biased or anything here, you, you'd love to see the best players in the league uh, raise the cup. Uh, it's good for the game. Um, it's good for them. It's good for all those questions uh, that they're getting answered and asked all these times about, can you win? Do you have what it takes? Well, once that's out of the way, they, then they can really start to uh, to put on a performance uh, for years to come once that th- thing is in the in the locker, if you will. Does it all, I mean, to me, it feels like the winner of this series is going to win the cup. 
up until uh, Carolina got spanked by, by New Jersey uh, on the other side, uh, they, they looked really, really good. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they, they had a one-off uh, where all oh, what happened there. Um, I haven't watched as much uh, of Carolina as I probably should. Um, but, but there is no question the way this playoff has shaped right now with the uh, first-round exit from a couple of, of key contenders uh, as well, um, that, that it is it's almost theirs to lose and when i say almost vegas is a very very deep team as well mm-hmm. so it could almost also almost be theirs to lose and that being said you still got to win two more series once you're you're done uh, beating each other up in this one you know with carolina they have so many injuries but they just have a, a an identity right it's almost like not that it doesn't matter who comes in and out of their lineup, but they're missing Svechnikov. You know, they they never really had Pacioretty at any point this year, and it's just ho-hum. They find the next guy to go in, plug and play, and Rod Brindamore, you know, has knows like that player knows exactly what they need to do with the Carolina Hurricanes in order for that team to have success. It's really, I mean, it's it's sort of admirable the way that they've been able to build that team. Yeah, Carolina is, is built from the back end out as well. Um, so they have really good D's. Uh, good skating, big, tough, physical. Um, so yeah, they're they're missing. I think Teravainen is out, out as well. Um, but but it's three offensive guys, and they found replacement for them. Um, where if you start getting those holes on the back end, they're a little bit harder to fill. Um, so so yeah, they have their up until that one game against Jersey, they have their defensive game in order. They're really good on, on especially teams as well, especially killing, uh, which goes a long ways as we've seen in this playoffs. Um, so, so again, it, it, it comes back to uh, this might be the one uh, playoff where we're not saying uh, the defense win, wins championships, but there are definitely a couple of teams still in the mix. I'd say Vegas as well. They are, are very good on D. Uh, where, where the other one, you, you look at uh, you look at Toronto, you, you look at Jersey, you, you look at uh, at Edmonton. It's it's offensive teams uh, that that are playing there. What uh, what was so special about Brent Burns as a teammate? And like what what stood out about his game? Uh, the way he can take over games. Um, uh, like I, I played with some very very good defensemen in Vancouver for nine years at that point, but but I don't think we'd ever have a, a truly number one defenseman that would play 30 minutes a night and, and could take over both ends of the rink, and that's what he could. I don't know if he can still do that. I don't think he can. Um, age have caught up a little bit, but but he was so good at driving play and carrying possession. And then when he did get caught in his own end, he wasn't easy to play against. He, he's big, he's tough, he throws you around, uh, boxing out and all these things. So, uh, like I said, he, he was the full package, uh, could run a power play, could kill penalties uh, and eat up half a game by himself and didn't look out of breath after the game doing it either. Um, so, so yeah, he was one of those uh, one of those players that that you kind of look to. Um, there's like how, how you keep doing this, but but again, uh, for some way, some reason, guys just just have that extra gear, um, and, and they find a way to uh, uh, to make the most of it. And you you always it seems like 
there's been a couple exceptions. At the time the Pittsburgh Penguins won a cup without Chris Letang when he was injured. I mean, I had they had Justin Schultz playing really well, but he wasn't playing at that level. And then you go back to that Carolina Hurricanes team right after the lockout that won a cup, and you know Cabriolet was their best defenseman, and you know they had a good top four, but not a stud guy. But every other team has a guy like you mentioned can play like 30 minutes a game or at least something like that. And when I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, as good as they are up front, and as much as they have talent. Is their defense truly good enough? Do they have enough good defensemen considering they don't have a high-end goalie? I'd say that Toronto probably has better Ds than Edmonton. Um, but but again, Toronto's offense tend to go missing more often. Uh, we're not talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl going away, at least not yet. Um, but, but that's what's being mentioned in Toronto more often. Um, but, but Toronto, I feel like, are better from... Uh, goaltending at least at the beginning of the season through their their six d's um where edmonton has the edge in the in the goaltending right now um and adding Ekholm there was was pivotal as well for them um but but again uh, toronto that there's a lot to like mustn't obviously hurt them um but but you have a morgan riley who can who can play a lot skates well he's not the same physical presence in in his own end um but he tends to get out of his own end really well, and he, he scored some big goals for them uh, this spring as well. Yannick Hansen, our guest. Um, so the Leafs finally did get one win in the series. Um, you know, I guess the most optimistic Leaf fan is probably saying, well, the, the pressure's back on Florida now. Is is that a thing? Has, can, can the uh, seed of doubt be planted into the team that was up 3-0 in a series? Uh, not until they lose the next one. This one, you say, oh, it's one off. We were never going to sweep them anyways. Uh, get it, get it done now. Uh, in the next one, um, but but if Toronto wins again, um, then then you stand in a game six. Yeah, it's in Florida. Uh, but if you don't win that, then you have to go back to Toronto for game six. And and now the table has completely turned. Um, so so it's the the, the next one is going to be big here um, for for Florida to get it done. Uh, that you don't want to run into that. Uh, uh, fear, doubt. Oh, it's been so long now since we've had any success. Uh, we can't even remember what it was to to win a playoff game. All of a sudden, um, you, you don't want to go uh, five, six, seven, eight days between wins, if you will, uh, which can can happen really quickly here if if you don't start winning these games now. Well, I was thinking about uh, the first round back in 2012 when you guys played the L.A. Kings, right? And, you know, you guys didn't have Daniel Sedin. We all know what happened in that series. I mean, with him against the Chicago Blackhawks and the elbow from uh, Duncan Keith. But, you know, that series against the L.A. Kings didn't go the way you guys expected at all. But did you feel like if you guys could have won uh, that final game in overtime that you guys could have maybe uh, put some doubt into the L.A. Kings? That's that all the games there feel like we're close. The first two as well, at, um, we, we played them were mm-hmm. some empty netters and stuff like that. And, and it was like we weren't really there. We, we, I, I, I wouldn't say we looked past the Kings, but we probably did. They came in the last day of the season or something like that. And um, again, we, we were still saying over the playoff, we were in the finals like 10, 11 months ago. Like we need to get back to here as fast as possible. Um, so, so you're almost looking past, and before we realized we were in a series, uh, we, we're down three nothing. Um, and then obviously, seeing the way LA went through, um, yeah, they, they, they didn't feel like they played the same kind of caliber teams we did the year before. 
um, you're always wondering what could have been, what if had we been healthy and had we won that series and had we picked up uh, Phoenix in the conference final and a jersey in the final, um, what would that have looked like? Because um, we, we had a really good year that year as well and, and we played really well at times. Um, but, but like I said, it, it, that season can, can turn on a dime so fast uh, if you're not ready for, for that compete. Well, and that's what you said, right? Be ready for that type of ultimate compete. And then if there's a team that has that ultimate desperation, how do you get yourself? To, is it possible if you had started a series not having the same desperation to match it? Or are you always playing catch up? Uh, I think you play catch up, especially in the beginning. You you can hope that the team that have been in this uh, stretch run, that, that they're a little worn out, a little hurt, where, where when we had uh, two months rest, if you will, be, before we, we started that playoff, uh, you're healthy and you're ready to go, um, but but like it was, you're playing at a different level when you're fighting for your life every night. When you're just trying to, uh, okay, when is April rolling around here? I know it's 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 early February, but like we locked up the the division already. We're looking at the President's Trophy again. Can we please just get some some meaningful games? And then those meaningful games come, and that button. It is very, very hard to press uh, right away and then come into a completely different mindset and desperation that you're needing to play with in order to come away with, with some of these wins. Yannick, uh, we appreciate the time as always. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Take care. There is Yannick Hansen uh, joins us regularly here on Canucks Central. Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. Yeah, thinking back on those 2012 Canucks, hey? yeah, man. I mean, it, you know, I just I don't want to go back too too much, but I always think of 2012 as kind of being yeah. the lost year we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you won the President's Trophy. I don't think the team was better, but they were. I mean, they won. They played in a different style, but they were very effective. Yeah, and you kind of thought, I mean, with two goalies, they can, you know, they have a chance. The, the West was kind of open that year. The East didn't look too scary. You mm-hmm. kind of thought, yeah, you know, like if they win around here, they might be able to do it this year. And man, just losing to the LA Kings. And, and that game five, like, like Yannick said, they played really well in game five. Yeah. You know, they had the league go to overtime and then they lose in overtime. You kind of think if they win that game, force game six, kind of make LA nervous, maybe you have a bit of a chance. And it just shows you how big that game five is. You look at a team like Toronto, like if you win that game, maybe then you put a seed of doubt. Yeah. But you have to win that game. Uh, Jonathan Quick was pretty incredible in that uh, 2012 playoff run for the LA Kings. Bobrovsky has been that way for uh, the Florida Panthers so far. Will that continue? Not too sure. I, I kind of love the the whole um, discussion around the Leafs right now. I find it hilarious. Uh, like, oh, game five. If they lose in five, it's it's still a failure. Like, still still a failure of a season. But, you know, if they force it to six, maybe, maybe seven, like maybe people feel differently. About, like, what? It's moral victory season? They're no. still losing in the second round. No, man. You're losing <laughs> in the second round against the eighth seed. Yeah. It's uh, uncalled for. You're still losing to the eighth seed in the second round. In a year, you had a chance. I mean, th- this is very much like when Vancouver lost to the Minnesota Wild, mm-hmm. where they had a chance that year. You know, won the second round. And they blew the 3-1 lead. Colorado had lost. It was wide open, yeah. you know, that year for them. The West Coast Express. Yeah, and they, they blew the 3-1 lead. And, you know, it's, I mean, that was your chance. So yeah. it's, it's so if you lose in seven even, no, it's, it's, it's a failure because you won the first round, you had a great opportunity, and you're going to let it pass by. Um. I wonder how that series goes from here on out. But uh, Leafs got one win. They played pretty well last night. I'll give them credit for that. But uh, can they do it 
continuously for another three games. That really should be the only question, not any sort of moral victory. It is a playoff series. You're now the favorite to win in the East. You can't be going out and losing that series, period. End of story. Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw still to come on the program. We'll get into the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Also check in a little bit on the Carolina Hurricanes and New Jersey Devils as the Devils try to stave off elimination against the Carolina Hurricanes. Stave. There's that word again. It's my favorite word. I know. You're loving it. <laughs> you get to use it a lot right now. Too. Oh, it's playoff season. <laughs> We're going to use it all day long. Uh, so we'll check in on that and the staving off of elimination or not. That's next on Canuck Central.